Okay, yes, yeah, so we'll just kick it off then. Welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Podcast. Uh, today we are joined by Laura, but Laura, I'll let you just uh, basically say a little bit about what you do and then we'll, we'll, we'll dig into it. Yeah, so my name's Laura Middleton. Um, I'm a content creator and social media manager, consultant, all of the above. Yeah. So um, obviously I've seen your stuff on Instagram like long before... Um, I'd met you through through work, so just a little bit of background. So, um, obviously, as part of the the content creation course that one of the content creation courses that we deliver, um, Laura is actually amongst other things now also helping us with the students with that. So, kind of going out and speaking to some of our content creation content creation students and um, doing the content creation teaching as well as being a content creator yourself slash social media slash everything that kind of falls under that like digital landscape but I'd seen your Instagram um before that and I didn't even know it was you basically until like right. a, a couple of a couple of weeks ago so did you want to just kick off a little bit about how you got into that that whole sort of social media um world yeah so my background's actually like photography videography I started off as a fashion photographer years ago and then a lot of their content was like on social they had like a million facebook followers or something at the time right. and obviously that was like a big thing yeah. back then um so yeah i naturally kind of progressed into doing a bit of their social content when igtv was a thing we right. did some like viral videos with them and that was God, fun igtv what happened to that oh, yeah i'm so glad it doesn't exist anymore <laughs> um but yeah that, and then i moved into live stream video producing for a little bit right which was interesting i used to work for a company called crafters companion for Sarah Davies, right. Dragon's Den. Yeah, wow. Um, and COVID hit, live streaming absolutely skyrocketed. Yeah. So there was like, there were like three of us on this team trying to churn out all of these live streams uh -huh. like every day of the week. It was crazy. So what did that entail, the, the live streaming? So it was um, like an online shopping channel. So like UVC style stuff, but like right. on like YouTube, Facebook, selling craft supplies. Um, but because it's not on TV, you could have a little bit more fun with it. Right, okay. Um, but yeah, then I started doing a bit of social for Sarah because she need, needed some stuff for while she was doing Dragon's Den and things. And like from a personal brand perspective, she needed it. Yeah, pretty much. So I was doing helping her out with Instagram and things. But I had my food blog. Yes. Back. I think I started that 2018. Yes, because so, that's what I'd seen the food blog. Yeah. Um, I just, I think, I mean, it was always on my explore page. Mm -hmm. Um, I just came across it like a couple of times. So it was the food blog like the first social thing that you kind of got into? Yeah, and I think the only real reason that that started was I used to go out every week for dinner with my dad right, to like okay. catch up. And we always used to go and try somewhere new. But I post a picture of like my breakfast on my own account and I got like, loads of likes and loads of people were like, oh, where's this at? I'm like, if I keep posting pictures of my dinner, I'm just going to really annoy everyone. Yes. <laughs> so I'll make a separate account and see what happens. And then, yeah. That's really cool. See, I'm see. I can never do that because I just keep going back to the same places and ordering the same things. So I think that's what's holding me back yeah. from that. So it's quite good that you uh, <laughs> that you explore different different places every single time. Yeah. So it was just kind of out of like the necessity of not wanting to annoy your friends and family that you set up a separate page. Pretty much, and then I kind of found. If I did used to repeat visit places, the page made us not because I was like, oh, I've already got a picture of that. I need to go somewhere else. And yeah. I, needed, like, I need to like purposefully go out of my way to try new things. So, yeah. yeah. 
What's the handle? We'll stick the handle in the... Jordy Scran. Jordy Scran. Yeah. We'll stick the handle in uh, for that as well so you guys can check it out. If you are in Newcastle, um, it is good to kind of see different places and... Jordy Scran has them all on there. So do you just do in Newcastle or do you just do like other places as well? It's funny. Um, it used to just be Newcastle yeah. and then I'd be, feel really funny about posting something from elsewhere. Right, but okay. Now, like whenever I'm out and about, if yeah. I get food or whatever, but... Jordy Scran on tour. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Well, DFDS sent me to Amsterdam for the weekend. Really? <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. But... Um, so then, yeah, it was. You, just, you took too. the ferry. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Well, it was it. The put us up in the really nice, like luxury cabins. Really. And stuff, so it was quite nice. Yeah. So I guess that kind of leads us on to the next thing then. So obviously, you know, you're posting about the food that you were eating just to kind of share it with people and probably just enjoy doing it yourself as well. And then that's kind of led on to like paid opportunities and and stuff like that. So how did that? kind of come about and what was the kind of first the first moment that you realized oh well actually this is this could be more than just somewhere to not annoy my friends I think it was probably back there was a few like I used to get invited like for free food and stuff quite a bit yeah then there was things like brands like Deliveroo and stuff like that were getting involved more so over like lockdown period and stuff yeah and like then we're like oh well we've got budget we'll pay you to do it's like oh you can pay me to get a takeaway mint (laughs) so like then yeah, then it was two summers ago, I think, two summers ago. I got an email through from, like, Ninja Kitchen. Yeah. And it was like, oh, we'd really love to work with you. We'd love to do an advert. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. We'll do, like, an advert for, like, Instagram or, like, Facebook or something like that. And they were like, yeah, well, just tell us your rates. I was like, okay. So I said, yeah, no problem. And they were like, oh, we'll do a couple of recipes with you as well. I was like, well, I don't really cook, but okay. And then the next thing I know, I got sent this huge long document with a call time at a studio in London that I was expected to go down for Wow! and all of these things that I needed to sign and the way I needed to dress and I didn't realise it was actually a TV advert to advertise like their, their air fryer so I was like oh I guess I'm going to London to film a TV advert then wow. so that yeah that is that, that the kind the of pinnacle of, of what you, yeah. yeah air fryers are weird just on that because <laughs> they're just a little loving you know yeah they're just like the companies that make air fryers also make ovens so basically they've convinced people who already have an oven to buy a little oven. Like big oven has convinced <laughs> convinced people that what they need now is a little oven. Yeah. Take less energy though. Is that what it is? Yeah. Is that the is that the advantage of, of an air fryer that you it's make just like chicken in forty minutes. Really? <laughs> so you're an advocate for uh, air fryers do then? I, yeah, I do like an air fryer. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> do you know what's probably the most impressive thing about all of that is that if I was offered free food, I would weigh 150 kilos right now. <laughs> like if my whole um, thing was that I could just get free food. So congratulations on uh, not, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, cause that would, uh, yeah, I'd be in a bad place if, um, if people just kept messaging me and asking me for free, if I wanted free food. Um, so, so after you'd done, so do you think that kind of led you into doing kind of a, a role within digital marketing then because you, you had the credentials, mm-hmm. if you like, from that? I think, I'd always been interested in social media and obviously having that, I did get a previous job as a social media manager off the back of that page pretty much. But then it was kind of like, obviously being in restaurants and stuff all the time, I'd end up talking to the marketing teams and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Or if they didn't have a marketing team or if they had a front of house or whatever. And so now this page, Jordi Scrant gets me my clients pretty much. It opens up the conversation with like chefs and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. it, it kind of was the catalyst for everything yeah. else. I guess you can use that to help the businesses that you work with as well by kind of plugging them. Like you've got a, you've got a, um, 
a page there that you can use to promote some of the businesses that you work with. And I think, you know, having having helped some businesses that are in that kind of hospitality um, sector, it's a, it can be a difficult one from a social media standpoint to kind of get the mark right because how many times can you just post like pictures and videos of your food and then, you know, it, it becomes difficult um, from a social media standpoint. So having that unique selling point that you've got leverage and something that's gonna drive traffic, um, I guess that's really important. But it's just so interesting to see there that the kind of progression without kind of going out and looking for it and the opportunities that you've created for yourself off of, you know, a hobby slash, you know, passion project that you can then work hard at and, and get like kind of other opportunities off the back. Um, so yeah, so from, from, um, from doing Geordie Scranton, you then went into a social media job and then the, the live stream stuff mm-hmm. off of the back of that. So it's kind of just snowballed. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's been very strange. But and then now I, the, my job, creating content for all my clients, things like that, it almost to the point where for me, it doesn't feel like work now. And I'm like, yeah. right, this is definitely something I want to carry on doing kind of thing. Yeah, well, you were doing it before it was work, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is kind of the best thing, isn't it? If you do something that you enjoy doing and you get good enough at it, people yeah. pay you for it. Have you read a book? Um, it's called like, F Work. Was it? Yeah, F Work, Just Play. Yeah, is Have it the actual it? word fuck? We yeah. can swear oh, on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, we can swear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck work, nice yeah. play. let's play. Okay, cool. It's the best book ever. It's right. like, I read it just before I started my uh, social media company. And Do you know what? You posted it not that yeah. long ago. You actually did. I saw that. Yeah. It's yes. the best book ever. And it talks about all these people who've taken something that they love or that they're passionate about and just made money from it. Like this woman wanted to learn how to play the ukulele. So she taught herself how to play the ukulele. And then she would go around doing team building exercises with yeah. people. Using, teaching That's them how sick. to play the ukulele. Yeah. But she was working with Google. She was working with Facebook. Yeah. Like, did you ever meet the Lego guy? from any of the like the northeast events no there's a guy i can't remember his name really nice chap um he does like lego parties but it like businesses so he goes and uses lego Mm -hmm. as a like a like a a tool or a for for team building you know there's a lot of you know it's it's obviously a fun thing to do lego and obviously a lot of people have like childhood memories of lego but he he uses like the team building and building stuff and he does sessions in businesses. Obviously, he's passionate about Lego. Mm-hmm. So it's just crazy, yeah. isn't it? I actually am um, on that. I, I once saw, I don't know if that was a documentary or whether I just saw it on social media or something, but a guy who, like, all he wanted to do was climb trees. And that was his thing. Like, yeah. he just wanted to climb trees, which, you know, there's not a lot of um, monetization <laughs> in, in, um, in climbing trees. But now, and I think he got, like, he was in trouble at school and, mm-hmm. like, they were, like, his, you know, family were... What are you doing, like climbing trees all the time? And I think that he, to this date, has discovered more plants and animal species in the Amazon rainforest than any other person. So he basically cool. climbs the trees yeah. and discovers new... That's really cool. That's really cool, yeah. isn't it? So I think, yeah, if you love doing something, it kind of leads naturally into yeah. getting good at it. Because mm-hmm. it's hard to get good at something. It's hard to get good at something that you really aren't passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so after we've um, after we've kind of gotten into the the social media world, one of the other things that I'd kind of wanted to speak to you about, something that you've been open about um, 
recently and obviously right now, and though this podcast won't air, but at this time, it's Neurodiversity Week, um, which is obviously like a chance for businesses and individuals to recognise, you know, the, the differences that we have from a um, on that sort of front. So obviously I'll let you kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah, um, I was diagnosed with ADHD just under a year ago. Mm-hmm. And it's been a bit of a wild ride over the last like 12 months or so learning about how like different there's so much neurodiversity that I didn't even realize existed and yeah I think I've realized that a lot of my ADHD traits have made me quite good at what I do um but there also is a lot of downsides as well yeah so how did you kind of come about so for, for a lot of people you know they might have ADHD or some other kind of um, neuro, I guess, what's the word, like neuro... Divergence. Divergence, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, they might have something else. So I know, like, there's autism, yeah. there's ADHD, um, and they might not know how to go about kind of even testing for that. Mm. So what was the kind of, what were the steps for you? So I initially... It was, a, it was a post on LinkedIn that I saw, and I was okay. like, this really speaks to me, like, everything that this girl is saying. So I messaged her, and I was like, I'm just really curious, like, so oh, she went, yeah, I got diagnosed however long ago, but this was kind of when there was a big influx of people getting late, a late diagnosis. Right. Um, had the option of going through the NHS, but the waiting lists are, like, three years long or something at the moment, which is crazy. Mm. Uh, so I went private for my assessment, it just literally, I had to just go to my GP and go, look, I've got all of these reasons as to why um, I think that there's something up. Mm-hmm. And then went private for my diagnosis and then recently started medication now, but back with the NHS. Right. But that's like obviously nearly a year has mm-hmm. gone by, which is in the grand scheme of things at the moment, it's pretty fast. But obviously it, medication's optional, but yeah, there's just basically a few talks with the psychiatrist, a lot of paperwork, which is... <laughs> obviously not the best but um yeah. yeah and then like an account from a close family member who kind of it had to have shown up as a kid as well so i got my dad to fill out all the paperwork for that side of things as well right okay so you found that was the best way was to kind of go private to get your diagnosis and then revert back to the nhs um yeah. for the actual medication only because it would have cost even more money to go and get right. medicated privately okay so I was yeah. Like, yeah. I've already fucked out who for a diagnosis. You, who did you go through? Um, like, who was who did you go through? It was through RTN. Right. Okay. Uh, and then now I'm with Psychiatry UK for medication because one thing that I would recommend anyone if they are seeking a diagnosis is if when you do go back to the NHS, go through right to choose and either pick Psychiatry UK or ADHD 360, depending on where you are in the world mm-hmm. in the UK. But um, it kind of cuts down on the waiting list and then you can go back through shared care to be able to be referred back to the NHS once to get your prescriptions and everything. Right, okay. And how long have you, how, how are you finding, how are you finding it since you've started? Is, is it better or? Yeah, it's weird. So right. I only started like five days ago. Okay, all yeah. right. So, we're, so yeah. we're, pretty, we're pretty fresh in, <laughs> but you can feel a difference already. Yeah, and my dose is obviously crazy, crazy low at the moment. Right. Um, but yeah, I've kind of noticed I've calmed down a little bit right. and my mind's not as racing. Okay. I think it's st- the first couple of days I was like, wow, this is amazing. Right, and then okay. now I'm ki- I think my body's kind of acclimatized yeah. to it a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, it's slept better. You'll be building up like a, a tolerance as well, I yeah. imagine. So then you'll be upping the dose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So then next week it's like double dose and then see what happens. Yeah. yeah. 
So sleeping better, feeling like you've you can kind of get on top of your thoughts a little bit more. Is that kind of the? Yeah, I, I, it's weird, weird, very small things that I find myself doing. Right. Like for example, I'll finish my dinner, and normally I'd like go off and get distracted and walk away from leave the plate on the table. Now yeah. I actually went and put it in the dishwasher. The oh, other right, day. I was okay. like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> what? Who am I? What have you done with Laura? <laughs> but like just little things like yeah. that, which to anyone else, really normal thing. Yeah. But like for me, I was like, oh. This is what being an adult feels like, like a proper adult. <laughs> yeah, and are you feeling that you're kind of able to stay on tasks a little bit longer and stuff like that? Yeah, like, I have hyper-focused so much work over the last, like, few days in times where I would have been getting agitated and getting fidgeted and, like, walking off and stuff. Yeah. And I've had, like, good, solid hours of work mm-hmm. that I've just managed to get through loads. So, yeah, it's making a difference. Yeah. So... One thing I think that people, um, a, mis- uh, a misconception that people have with ADHD, I-, I believe, is that they think people can't focus at all. Now, that's not necessarily true. You can focus on the things that you want to focus on. Yeah. And you can really hyper-focus. Sometimes it's a bad thing because sometimes you'll find yourself in rabbit holes. I think that's a real thing with ADHD. Yeah. Like, you'll find yourself deep inside of rabbit holes because if you start focusing on something Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily beneficial you will just kind of like dive deep down there like I was I I was what I was like finding out about fighters who fought in like pride which was like one of the things before the MMA from before the UFC from like early 2000s Mm -hmm. i was like finding out like their height and (laughs) their like weight and now i've got like all this useless information i was like delving deeper and deeper and deeper and like i was going back to that amateur kickboxing bout (laughs) and now i've got this like vast knowledge of these like practically unknown fighters from pride but um i think that one of the kind of you know things like you said earlier there were certain things that your adhd really helped with Mm -hmm. creativity focusing on the things that you want to focus on a unique perspective Mm, that other people don't share sometimes it allows you to see a way around problems that other people don't Mm -hmm. now is that a a worry that you might lose some of that a little bit okay i have heard things from other people who've been medicated that Mm -hmm. the problem is although i do think my ADHD attributes to me being creative and all that kind of mm-hmm. thing. It's great being creative and having all the ideas, but yeah. not great if you can't do them. Implementation's yeah. everything. So I think I'm hoping that I don't lose that part of it. Mm-hmm. But it's funny when you were saying about rabbit holes, because that's basically what my food page ended up being. It was like, yeah. oh, I need a distraction from work. I'm going to put all my time and effort into running this food page that makes me no money. Yeah. But then I would just, I suppose, so it's not too bad. But yeah, yeah um, I'm hoping that it, it's the creativity stuff sticks around. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You can focus on the things that you want to focus on. So hopefully you'll kind of keep that, that same level of like focus on those things that do excite you um, without like necessarily needling the, the, the medication. To yeah. One thing I had noticed that like normally if like, I get, I don't know, like a new client approaches us and they're talking about idea sessions and stuff like that. Normally I'll get really excited, but I'll not be able to kind of like structure where my head's going with mm-hmm. it. So although I'll be excited, I'll almost be more anxious about, oh, but then there's this and then there's this and mm-hmm. then there's this. Whereas the other day, 
had like a new client approach and go, oh, well, we've got this idea for this thing. I found myself getting excited, but I had an end vision yeah. of what it looked like yeah. rather than not seeing the wood for the trees kind yes. of thing, which is yeah. prob- hopefully that sticks around as well. And do you did you ever feel like, and I don't know if this is just something that I kind of feel that hasn't actually got anything to do with ADHD, but do you ever feel like when you have ideas and when you have like the, those kind of creative flows and you you get something in your head, it it's not just the stressing is not necessarily the right word, but it it almost is. Do you feel like it's somewhat distressing when the the plan varies from that and when you you can't see your vision is being kind of moved away from? Did you ever feel like that where that would stress you out if you are if things were changing, if things were having to change? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm quite bad with stuff like that. Yeah, I think it is an ADHD thing because it, it's kind of a trait of perfectionism. Yeah, it's like we tend to be all or nothing people, so like if we can't do something exactly how we want it to be, we're not interested. Yeah, it stresses so, you out a little yeah. bit when things change, like plans change or you plan to do an idea, but now like people are kind of going away from that. Yeah, you have very strong expectations for everything, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of like things like imposter syndrome come from yeah. and things like that. Like you have very, very high expectations yeah. for yourself and all the negative self-talk. That if it's not perfect, it. you don't want it. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, oh, this isn't perfect. Just mm-hmm. forget it then. And you think that everyone else is going to think like that when actually that yeah. not. Like I've handed projects into clients and you know when you've probably done it yourself where you think all you see in that piece of work is everything that's wrong with it. Mm. Although it's exactly what it needs to be done and it's a perfectly good piece of work to yeah. someone else. Yeah. But there's been projects where I'm like, oh God, I'm, I'm just not happy with this yeah. bit and this bit and this bit. But I've given it to the client, they're like, oh my God, we absolutely love Yeah. It. Well, like, you know where the potholes are, yeah. but they don't necessarily do they? You, you know, you, they might miss those potholes, but mm-hmm. you know where they are. Yeah. You know where those, you know where the bodies are buried essentially yeah. in, in, in that. So they might not see it straight away, but you kind of that's all you can focus on sometimes isn't it when you know that there's something in there that could be better um but yeah sometimes especially when it comes to social media i think that you get a misconception that other people know as much about social media and digital marketing as you do you feel like some things are common knowledge that really aren't Mm -hmm. so i think that's where imposter syndrome like starts to creep in because everybody knows that but actually when you start digging into things and people have no idea, yeah. it starts to make you relax a little bit. I used to get imposter syndrome when I started being a personal trainer because I was like, everybody knows this, it's mm-hmm. common knowledge, yeah. but it wasn't. It was just because I'd had a, a strong sports background mm-hmm. that I'd spent the like 10, 15 years leading up to that around physical activity all of the time. And actually when you start speaking to m- most people, you know, people in their forties who mm-hmm. were, were asking you if bananas had dairy in them, <laughs> That's a genuine yeah. one, like 40 years old. <laughs> do bananas have, if you're watching this, you know who you are. <laughs> do bananas have dairy in them? And it's yeah. like, that relaxes you because you're like, holy shit, like, maybe I do know things. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, with social media as well, like, I did a workshop a few months before, yeah, well, before Christmas now. And at first, like, when the company reached out and we said, oh, we'd love you to run a workshop, mm. I was like, me? <laughs> Really? <laughs> and there's, there's another there's another Laura Middleton in the Northeast who is a very successful businesswoman who also works with social media really? and has an agency. And I actually went back to this person and was like, do you have the right person? Yeah. <laughs> like, is it definitely me that you're looking for? Because there's, and all the other Laura Middleton, I'm putting you in touch. There's a lot of Middletons in, uh, <laughs> didn't we say there was somebody else? Ellie Middleton, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Middletons <laughs> in, uh, in this space. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that was, then. but then when I did the workshop, 
everyone came out of it and it was just small businesses and stuff yeah. like that and literally in this workshop it was like how to successfully set up a Facebook page yeah. but they were all taking notes they're looking they at you like you're, in, like you're talking about fire before there was fire yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? yeah and they came back to the next one and then I was like oh wow like there is actually a space for this like yeah. there is like I think like you say, if you work in it every day, you kind of take it You for do, granted. don't you? Yeah, definitely. Especially like the workflow. You're like, oh, we'll just do it that and then we'll repurpose that and then we'll add captions and people are like, captions? Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, captions. And just, <laughs> yeah. Like, just, just like little things like that that once you know mm-hmm. and you've implemented it a couple of times, it feels comfortable. But until you know, yeah. there's just, there's so much information out there. And I always say that we're in the information age and... The biggest problem is that there's too much information mm-hmm. and there's too much contradictory information. Uh, people get analysis paralysis where they've just got so much vast kind of conflicting viewpoints mm-hmm. that it's hard to even take the first step because this person's saying do this, but this person who's equally an expert is saying that this is the approach to take and you've got to post three times a day, you've got to post three times a week mm-hmm. you got to not post too much it's all about quality over quantity well actually it's about getting as much out there as possible because so you've got these people who are like you know they've both built huge brands but they're doing it completely differently yeah. but they're obviously they're financially incentivized for you to do what they're telling you to because they probably have some sort of subscription model mm-hmm. or they hold um speaking events so then they're kind of preaching that to you and you're getting things kind of bombard you from all angles and it's it's difficult, isn't yeah. it? There's a there's a lot out there. Um, so, what would you what advice would you have for yourself then? For if you were kind of getting started on this on this journey again, mm-hmm. what would you what would you go and do to fast track the success that you've had? And what advice would you give to yourself? I think I probably spent a lot of years listening to other people too much. Right. I think. Had I, I get gut feelings about stuff and had I got, I had gut feelings years ago, I was like, I should just go freelance. I should just go do my own thing. I, I really need to not work for someone else. Mm-hmm. And I never did. And I think it was kind of like a worry about like finances, obviously, and stuff. But then I used to suffer from pretty bad anxiety. Right. The second that I set my own business up, the anxiety just dissipated. Really? Because it was like, it's all on me now. I'm not relying on anyone yeah. else. Yeah. I've got no, I've got no expectations of anyone else. It puts the control else. back into your hands, uh-huh. doesn't it? And for the first time in years, I feel like in control of everything. Right. And I think had I known that five years ago, mm. I'd have been like, "Yep, okay, sign Straight me up." Straight in. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I think might have helped you with that though? That I've noticed a trend: the pandemic. Mm-hmm. The pandemic showed people that had safe jobs that actually, if that business gets into trouble, that safe job that you have, it isn't safe. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll they'll axe you as quickly as they have to. So actually putting yourself through something that you don't want to because it's safe and reliable, it might not actually be safe or reliable. And in fact, you're just doing yourself a disservice because you could be pursuing something for yourself. So when did you go completely freelance? Completely. Mm-hmm. Last week. Right, okay. So we're five weeks into the <laughs> we're five weeks into the yeah. we're one week into this. I feel like we, we need to do another one of these and I was working <laughs> part time. Right. Um, I was working like as a part time social media manager. Right, um, okay. And yeah, just in the last like the last month or so just went right, yeah. I need to push the button on that because Yeah. 
I guess that's kind of like freelance, isn't it? You've got like one main client yeah. who's, and then you've got other kind of smaller clients that you, you're kind of working alongside. Yeah, so I've been freelancing. The company's been running for like a year and a bit now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what advice then would you give to other people who've just gone freelance? So obviously your advice to yourself yeah. would have been to do it earlier, but what, what advice would you give to people who have, are kind of taking their first steps? I think networking's a big one. Right. I think even like, I've spoken to people like, oh, you go to networking events. I'm like, yes. Mm. Even if you don't necessarily need clients right now, yeah. go, show up. Yeah. Make a thing of showing your face. I think you'll get remembered. And like in six months time, when you do need clients, mm -hmm. that, yeah, it means that you you can reach out or you can maybe put, put some posts up or whatever. I feel like LinkedIn's fantastic for that. Mm -hmm. um, I it's good to put a, It's good to put a like an actual human being though mm -hmm. to that LinkedIn page. Yeah, definitely. So it's good to like meet people in person, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's interesting because it's almost counterintuitive for somebody who works in social media to say that physical networking events mm -hmm. are probably the most important thing, but they yeah. are so good, aren't they? Definitely. And I think even, like I normally go through the pattern of kind of, you know, looking around on LinkedIn, connect with a few people, and then when you do see them at a networking event, you know, have an in-person conversation with yeah. you. That, that's what gets converts to clients yeah. rather than just messaging back and forth and stuff yeah um but yeah i think that's probably probably the best advice i i think also as well as like creativity wise i think getting yourself in a space with other creatives really really helps yeah i couldn't imagine anything worse than being a freelance content creator being sat in my spare room on my own staring at a laptop screen all day yes. so like regularly meet up with people who are in the same industry and throw some ideas around yeah that sort of thing brainstorm and just i think that's a that's a really good thing that you've touched on there you know that's a mindset shift from seeing people who work in the same industry as you from competitors to collaborators and friends and you know soundboarders mm -hmm. someone to bounce ideas off rather than just seeing them as competition i think that's a big one as well like I have multiple friends who work in the same industry or have their own companies. And if there's a client that comes through, I'm like, oh, I'm not suited to this, but they are. Yeah. You can hand them over. And it's, I think, yeah, not feeling like everyone's competition is probably re really good advice as well. Yeah. It helps you kind of be settled, doesn't it? If, you, if you're constantly thinking that everybody around you is trying to take your lunch money, <laughs> then it's, uh, it's difficult to, to form those kind of relationships that you need to ultimately get the opportunities in the future because like you said there they might then pass you someone on there might be a, a, a collaborative opportunity that comes up um but yeah so networking is still massive mm, i think as well another one it's knowing when to say no to stuff right is a really really big one like i think people have this preconceived idea when they do go freelance that it's like I needed all of the work all of the time because, oh my God, one of them might stop stop using me or whatever. Yeah. But then you're just overworked and you don't end up doing a good job for the clients that you do have because yeah. you're too, like, you spread yourself too thin. Yeah. And especially with an ADHD thing, like, if I'm not interested in a brand, it makes, it feels like proper work. Yes. Whereas... I know that I'm not going to do the best job for this client. It's mm -hmm. no one meant to say no. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I um I 
did a podcast with a, um, Dylan from Detats. He's actually based in Chesley. He's a tattoo studio. Awesome. Um, if you're ever looking for another tattoo, they're based in Chesley Street, which is oh, yeah. your uh, original, yeah. original neck of the woods. <laughs> but um, I was speaking to him yesterday and he was talking about the kind of transition from they always used to do like tribal tattoos and that was like everybody wanted that. And then it was actually like starting to say no to those. And we kind of got into it and it's, it's interesting that you say that about saying no, because actually it has a terrible long-term repercussion if you say yes to things you don't want to do, because eventually you'll start having to say no to things you do want to do and you'll start chasing your tail and, you know, saying no to things kind of goes hand in hand with knowing your worth as well. So knowing what your time's worth, Mm -hmm. knowing what your mental health's worth to be doing things that you really hate isn't good for you. So, you know, knowing what your time and money, and sorry, your time and kind of state is worth and saying no to things that aren't like an automatic, immediate yes. Because otherwise you'll fill your diary with things that you hate doing. And then you'll probably also, if you're just saying yes to everything, be doing things cheaper than you want to because that's a slippery slope where it's like you say yes to something because out of necessity and then you make terrible decisions i was explaining that the worst financial decisions that you make are when you are in a compromised financial position Mm -hmm. if you had you know a good safety net of revenue from other clients and kind of money saved you would never say yes to things that you didn't want to do but if you're in a position where you've had to say yes, you've said yes to some things you didn't want to do, you've compromised on your rates. Now you're kind of in this vicious cycle where you have to keep going with that and then you don't have the time to do the things that you do want to do. So I think saying no to things is really, really important. And I think it's probably something that maybe like the ADHD can have have an effect on like not wanting to disappoint people. Yeah, definitely. Chronic people pleaser, normally. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and that with... The perfectionism and yeah, it's a recipe for disaster, really. Yeah, but then obviously it's like you've managed to navigate that, so and it served you well to kind of get where get where you wanted to be. Um, What do you think is next then for you? What what do you? How do you envision things growing? Is is the 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 food blog something that you're still wanting to kind of push on? And do you have any plans for that? No real plans for Jodie Scran. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I've got a few interesting clients and stuff coming through at the minute. And now I'm kind of at the point where I'm considering, do I need someone else right. like, on the team? Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. But we'll see. There's a few that are in the pipeline. And if they get signed off, then like, there's potential there for it. Yeah. Yeah. To bring somebody else on to to work alongside of you. Yeah. That's Probably really just cool. just part time for now, but still. Something, yeah. Something worth considering. That's so cool. That's such like a... a like a pivotal moment within any business, isn't it? To to realise that you, you're no longer like trading time for money. I think as well, it's kind of like knowing what my weaknesses are and right. try and find someone to fiddle it. Like you wear a lot of hats when you start a business mm. and you kind of have to have a go at everything. And I, it's not that I'm bad at stuff, but yeah. I know where my time's best spent. Yes. And it's not on chasing invoices and just like little yeah. things like that even. Or like I can do graphics but i'm not a graphic designer so, so you'd rather get someone yeah. to yeah my big thing is like you know when you you bringing people on you bringing staff in and, and working with people the thing that excites me the most is organized people <laughs> like if, if 
yeah, if you're organized, because yeah. then I just, that's what I struggle with. So <laughs> yeah. it's like when I, when people are around me and they're organized, that's mm -hmm. like what really draws me towards them because then it allows me to go and be sporadic. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm only organized if like it involves other people. Right. I think it's an ADHD thing, but like, so my, I time block my time. I've got a color coded diary. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like how much details in my Google calendar. Yeah. But that's because if it's not in there, I will just forget about it. Right. Okay. So, but it's having the accountability of having someone else involved in a project that makes me organized. Yeah. So I organize to meet like my gym partner at the gym every morning. Mm -hmm. So that's like my thing where if I just was going to do it myself, maybe I'd be a bit later and then I'd get there a bit late and then I'd have to not do a full session because I'd have to be somewhere else for a certain time. Mm -hmm. So it's again like working out what your weaknesses are, not wanting to let people down yeah. and turning them into strengths. Organize someone to meet me there. I'm not going to let them down. I'm going to be there. Mm -hmm. So then you kind of, you work with what you've got, which I think is um, something that, is really helpful when you when you get into being self-employed because you don't have someone breathing down your neck. Yeah. You know, you've got clients, but they're not managing you. All they are interested in is the results. They're not actually interested in the what goes into it. Like, your clients don't care if it takes you 40 hours to no. do what they're paying you for or for. Do you know what I mean? Like, if it takes you... F if you spend all day and night working on their stuff they're not bothered. No. And if they spend, if you spend two hours, but it's what they wanted, they're also yeah. not bothered. Do you know what I mean? They're never even going to know. Um, so yeah, it's, I think that's some really good advice for people who are getting into kind of self-employment. So last thing then, where do you see the kind of social media landscape going? How do you see it changing from what you've kind of seen since you got started? Mm. And where are your predictions as to where that goes? That's a good one. <clears throat> I mean, since you started then, what's the what's been the big... I know we spoke about yeah. IGTVs before, yeah. um, but what what have you kind of noticed since since 2018, launching launching the blog, what's... Other than, like, the obvious, like, increase in video and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. For brands, I'd say it's definitely... It, it's a, social media is now a conversation. Right. It's not just a one-way street. Yeah. It needs to be... Reciprocation. Yeah, 100%. I think... I, what, one thing that I like, and I think that I see happening more in the future, is the whole embracing dual screening. So like TV and Netflix, and having stuff on your phone, the interactive side of like apps while there's a game show on, that kind of thing. Right, and okay. And I think there's a, I think there's gonna be a push towards the sort of like, almost encouragement of being on your phone whilst watching something on. Right, right. So like, yeah, I mean, we're getting close to like some sort of Hunger Games level <laughs> shit where I can like, I'm watching something and I can like vote now to like yeah. drop 10 snakes on this like <laughs> X Factor contestant. Yeah, I definitely think that it's getting weird. But um, so you think like every, yeah, I can see everything linking up. Like you can see, you know, even all of the devices that you have talking to one another like you yeah. know you've got like apple have got their watches and then their screens and their laptop everything's like interconnectivity and and kind of linked up so do you see things kind of going more that way where we'll be using social media and the, the digital platforms that we have to kind of 
talk to the brands that we're wanting to work with? Yeah, I think I mean, it's, it's already kind of happening. I feel like it's already kind of happening. You know, when oh, is your phone listening to you and stuff like yes. that? Obviously, you get served ads on your phone. My phone's listening to me. Yeah. My phone is listening to <laughs> yeah. me. There's things that I've never, ever searched. And why would I? I'm going to go back to Dylan now because I was getting a tattoo from Dylan. Uh-huh. I've never searched tattoo equipment. Why would I? Uh-huh. I've never been interested. Like, I'm never going to do tattooing. I'm certainly not going to do my own tattoos. And I was talking to him just because I was interested about like the sort of pens that they use and how much they are and stuff like that, just because I was just probably being nosy, to be fair. Um, And he was saying like X amount and this pen, that pen. And then I started getting adverts for tattoo pens to buy them. (laughs) Like It's so strange. That's that's not an algorithmic thing. Because even if you are searching ideas for tattoos, Mm -hmm. like they're not assuming that you're going to have those ideas (laughs) and then just start whacking them on yourself. You know what I mean? Oh, I really want this back piece. You ever thought about doing it yourself? Like pandemic style, cutting your own hair, just giving yourself your own tattoos. But um, Dylan's actually got his head tattooed and he was Uh saying, um, he was saying, people ask him if he did it himself. He was going the back of my head. Like, of course, of course I didn't. With a lot of nine mirrors. And I'm just like, yeah. So people ask stupid questions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's no, the, the, it's listening to me. Mm. It's listening 100%. to me. I refuse to have kind of, so I don't know if people can see from the kind of the, the, the podcast, but basically we're in like an archway. So this is like the, this is like an archway. It kind of looks like an Anderson shelter. And I refuse to have conspiracy talks. So sometimes when the guys are in here, we're just chatting uh-huh. and like a conspiracy will come up yeah. and like someone will say something, you know, it might not even be too kind of like left field, but it'll be something mad. Like, you know, the earth's hollow or something and reptiles <laughs> live inside. Not, it's never usually that bad, but I just refuse. I yeah. shut it down. I go, look guys, I'm not having that conversation while I'm sat in essentially a bunker. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. with a tin foil helmet on, <laughs> with like grass on the walls and I'm sat like at a bunker <laughs> with you guys talking about like 5Gs giving people yeah. bad heads or something. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, try not, I try to steer clear of conspiracies mm. just while I'm in this bunker, outside yeah. of the bunker. It's fine. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm usually pretty happy to, uh, to delve into a bit of a conspiracy. How did I get to conspiracy theories? Oh yeah, my phone's listening to me, yeah. which it definitely is. That's yeah. not even a conspiracy. <laughs> So, yeah, you feel like the kind of the link between your phone and all of the other media that you consume. I mean, I feel like we're already getting to a point where all advertisement is specific. Because, say, for example, like we're watching a TV, you're watching a TV program, you're streaming it. You should get different adverts to me because we're interested in different things. It doesn't make sense to show us both a makeup advert. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because exactly, I'm yeah. like, I've never expressed interest in um, buying makeup. Yeah. So it, like, it doesn't make sense. Whereas, you know, you've got that on your phone where you see the adverts that kind of make more sense. So I do envision that being something that is kind of moving forward. And I think that there is plans, especially with um, Amazon Prime or something like that to have your own adverts so like people right. can do their it's not amazon but it's sky yeah because i was at a networking event and someone from sky was mm-hmm. there and he was basically talking about how you can have adverts i mean there's going to be like a certain amount it's not like facebook yeah. ads where you can spend a tenner mm-hmm. it's going to be a certain amount but like not ridiculously high amount. i mean we're talking about like hundreds to maybe a couple of thousand mm-hmm. and imagine like game of thrones is on in your local business adverts on before that. Yeah. Like the credibility that that's going to give you to be right before Game of Thrones mm-hmm. is uh, is pretty major. So I can, en- I can envision that. 
So with that being said, what would your kind of advice be then to brands um, with the way that social media is obviously looking to change and digital marketing? What would be like getting out ahead and, and some things that like what's the, the main thing that you're doing to future-proof the businesses that you work with? Good question. I know I'm putting you on the spot oh a lot here, aren't God, I? Yeah. I don't actually have any prepared questions, you know. <laughs> People ask me if I like prepared questions, yeah, I but I, I don't prepare any questions. <laughs> I think a lot of the brands I work with are very small businesses normally. Yeah. This sounds like I'm just plugging my business, but I'm not. No, no, it's, please um, plug away. We're going to target and everything. I... Do genuinely believe, I mean, there's some people who do great social media, like in-house and stuff like that. But outsourcing social media, especially if you're maybe a small business that doesn't have the capacity to have someone dedicated to that role. Yeah. Because by using an agency and stuff or using someone else, they've got their finger on the pulse all the time. Yeah. I feel like for small businesses, outsourcing some stuff or getting someone on board, like what? like the content creation course and stuff. Yes, have someone who's specifically focused on that, yeah. not not Jenny who works in accounts who whacks a post on every so exactly. often. You yeah. need that. You need Sorry, Jenny. <laughs> you need people specific for it. Because yes. trying to do that and do everything else it doesn't work. It's Look, if you're an accountant, you know about accountancy and you've got to keep your finger on the pulse with mm -hmm. that because shit's going to change. Yeah. And how do you keep your finger on the pulse of several things at once? Um... You know, there's 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 changes in all businesses, and it's it's figuring out what the the, the way that things are going to change and how that's going to affect your business, and being able to focus on that whilst you're focusing on your other job, whilst you're focusing on internal things. Like you're good at whatever it is that your business does, mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily correlate to being good at this external thing. Yeah. You know, it's like. You you wouldn't just you wouldn't just start doing your own plumbing. No, do you exactly, know what I mean? Yeah. Just because you probably could. Yeah. Like I probably could put a shower in, mm -hmm. but it wouldn't work. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It wouldn't be linked to the water or anything. It would it's, just be there. It's so funny. So one of the literally just fit, like doing a campaign at the moment with one of my clients, and the whole campaign is get the professionals in. You wouldn't cut your own hair. You wouldn't do your own plumbing. You wouldn't rewire your you wouldn't own house. Give yourself a tattoo. So <laughs> yeah, stop exactly. sending me adverts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't, would you? It would be just bizarre. Yeah, it's 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 important. I think it's people are starting to recognise it a lot more now um, that there's a lot more that goes into it I think than just whacking used, a post on. And people used to think that social media was a nice to have. It's not for any business now. It's essential. No. It's a necessity. So why half-arse it? Do you yeah, know what I mean? It's not whether we're going to go on social media. Like People used to be like, oh, are we going to do social media? Mm -hmm. It's now how good are you going to do it? Yeah. Because if you've got to shit social media... What else you shit at? Yeah. You shit at accountancy mm -hmm. because you do not take things seriously. Yeah. Like, do you not have a professional approach to all aspects of your business? Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of, that's the mindset that people have when they land on something and they're like, you haven't put much effort into this. You haven't hired a professional. You don't have anybody yeah. in house. Is the business struggling? Yeah. Is the business struggling because you're bad? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, you know, nobody will ever ask those questions, but they might go through that thought process. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, at best, people might not even notice your social media. Yeah. But at worst, they might notice that it's shit. Yeah. And then they might start thinking, hmm, maybe you guys are sloppy. Yeah. Or maybe this isn't going so, or maybe this is a small outfit or, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that sounds harsh, but, you know, 
you're definitely competing against at least one business with a good social media. Yeah, exactly. Regardless of what business you're in. And I just want to say for the record that I didn't go to say irregardless. I just straight up said regardless. <laughs> Apparently I've got like a problem with saying ir- like irregardless isn't a word and I keep saying it. And you'll notice like as the podcast has progressed, I keep saying irregardless. I keep getting pulled up on it. And then I go it regardless. And now I just don't say it at all and Hold people up. wouldn't even notice. But now I draw real attention to it. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think that's really useful to kind of hear it from a professional's standpoint um, and from someone who's obviously took a alternative route into doing it and, and has done it through enjoying it. But then it's so good to see that you can enjoy something, do it, and then carve out a career. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's really inspiring for people, um, especially people who are disillusioned in what they're doing or don't feel like they have the necessary background education or tools to do it. Actually, I think from everything that you've said there, the key to it all is to get started. Definitely. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming in and chatting to us about that. And right. it was good to like learn a little bit more about like the stuff that you've done as well. Mm-hmm. So thank you. No problem. Thank you. Cheers.